All right, let's get this show on the road. Um, y'all already know SGA has had a crazy performance, 42-piece in the nation's capital. Um, but with that being said, all right, we have Brandon Rabar here. All right, OKC Thunder beat writer. All right, for Daily Thunder. And of course, naturally, we need to get this episode, in my opinion, get started off with some SGA talk. He had a 42-piece, as we all know. Brennan, uh, your your initial thoughts. Well, first thing first, welcome to the show. I'm, I'm already jumping right into to, to SGA. Uh, but welcome to the show, man. Welcome, welcome. Yeah, thank you. I appreciate it. Thanks for having me on, guys. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, so yeah, I'll rip initial thoughts of uh, SGA's performance. Yeah, you know, I think anybody that's been really closely following OKC the last couple of years, and that basically means just Thunder fans and Thunder media, because I know that, you know, once... Russell Westbrook, KD, James Harden, Paul George moved on. There hasn't been too many eyes in OKC. But we here have have noticed that this was coming. Like, we saw this coming. It's been building. You know, he, SGA was fantastic, really all-star worthy that year that he had Al Horford. But, you know, he got shut down. He had that injury the second half of that year. Then last year, after the all-star break, he went nuts. He was averaging over 30. He was basically doing this. Uh, the last part of last year, but it was still under the radar. And then all this season, it's just kind of been bubbling up and it culminated. Titus career high, 42, another game winner. He's been clutch. He's been incredible this season. I mean, I, I truly make, I, I think you can make the argument he's been a top 10 player pretty easily this season. I mean, so far this season, you can make an argument he's a top five player. It's He's been absolutely nuts, man. Got him, man. <laughs> no, I mean, I, re I, re I respect it. Um, top five is heavy. Um, but I, I will ask, what are some things you've noticed SGA for his improvement on his game this year compared to last year? Yeah, I think the biggest thing has been his defense. Like the offense was always there, not at this volume and mm -hmm. not at this efficiency, but the offense has always been there, but it's the defense. You know, he's averaging two steals a game, one and a half blocks a game. Like, again, this is early, and I'm not saying mm -hmm. he's going to end up being a top five player this season. I'm just saying mm -hmm. based on the small 13-game sample size, like he's putting up stuff that like only like Michael Jordan Dwayne Wade did as, as guards. Yeah. Like as far as like, mm -hmm. you know, the stocks, the steals, and the blocks combined mm -hmm. with the 30 points a game, like guards just don't do that. But he's he's kind of a – He's a different kind of guard because he's 6'6", but he's got this 7-foot wingspan. So he's, he's using those skills on the defensive end this season. He, I, Lou Dort, Kenrich Williams, two of his teammates, been challenging him on defense, and he, he said he was taking it seriously. He said because if you want to be a great player, you got to be a two-way player. So that's been the biggest noticeable jump, I think, is on the defense. Would you say that Shea can be OKC's next legitimate superstar? I really do. I think so. And, and it's not based just on, you know, what he's doing this season. Although, I mean, that's obviously, you know, what, what makes you feel confident in saying that statement, but, but I do think that he put up all-star numbers two years ago. He just didn't play the second half of the season. Um, and then, like I said, again, after the all-star break last year, it's just, he scores so efficiently and he does it in a different way that, that guards don't really do it. He's leading the league in paint scoring as a guard. Like yeah. he's putting up like, Embiid and and Giannis numbers in the paint as a guard. And he's doing it. He's a three-way scorer. He's scoring in the paint. Nobody can stop him. He's getting, he's like, I think he's sixth in the league as far as like being double teamed. The Thunder don't really have any other scores or weapons or spacing or shooting. And he's still getting this numbers. Like to me, it's like 
he's 40% from three. He's a sniper in the mid range. He's finishing at the rim and the thunder don't have any other weapons. Like what happens when the thunder, like when they get Chet Holmgren back next year, spacing the floor, if they add some pieces, if they go out and make a trade for a guy, like putting some space and shooting around him, I think will be, be huge for his game. Yeah. That's, that's the one thing, the biggest improvement that I've noticed this year basically his ability to get to the first level in the basketball court. Like he, at earlier in his career, he really wasn't doing that. Like he, like you said, he's leading the league for us, a guard scoring in the paint. That's very, very impressive. When you look at like just him bumping off defenders, I think he's gotten stronger this year. And also I haven't seen a player utilize the pump fake as much as he does since like DeMar DeRozan in his prime. DeMar DeRozan still does it, but like, that just shows you that, like, he's utilizing that pump fake. He's worked on and fine-tuned his footwork on the basketball court. The up and under in the post when he does the pump fake is very fantastic. Um, like you said, his pace, his pace, he's he's different. Like, he's it's not a, a guard in his league that has the type of pace that he does and can get to every spot on the court, and he can score at every level. Like, he's tough. He's what I call, like, a calm hooper. Like, he's never in a hurry, but he's always on time. So he's a special, special player. And Yeah. Uh, I would say, tell, tell us, too, what the future looks like uh, with Shea and Chet. Yeah, so you know, OKC fans are really excited about that duo. Because, you know, Chet was number two overall pick. Uh, a lot of draft experts thought that Chet was the number one guy this year. He's the perfect piece to put around SGA because SGA needs more space. Like, the fact that he's doing this with no space is nuts. But Chet Holmgren, he's 7'1", but he shot 39% from three. Uh, in college and the the small sample size that we got to saw in the summer league he was he was drilling threes so if you got a seven footer that's you know opening up the floor for sga then he's also a pick and pop weapon somebody that he can be an outlet to that helps with his playmaking helps with space to get to the rim i i, I truly think it's is kind of a perfect combo if, if chet comes back healthy he's kind of the ideal guy to put next to sga and sga is still just 24 uh, so he's still really young. Chet's 20. So, I mean, you know, and, and this is the first year of SGA's new contract. He's, he's here for another five years. So we should be able to see, you know, well, next few years, Chet and SGA combo. Well, that's what I want to bring up. Hopefully he's here for the next right. five years. I know he signed a contract. There we but, go. <laughs> I know he signed a contract, but how long do the Oklahoma City Thunder – because it, it seems like even though SGA is hooping this year, I don't. I still think they're going to be a lottery team. So how long is he's going to be? SGA is going to be comfortable with being this star player in OKC in a small town, and kind of like the OKC are tanking. Yeah, no, I'm glad you brought that up because I mean it's 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 a point that a lot of OKC fans and analysts talk about and debate. And here's all I know. I can just take SGA at his word. He said at his exit interview last year that he talks to Sam Presti and Mark Dagnon all the time, and he's excited about the future. He says that they're very open and honest with him, and he knows exactly what the plan is, and he's excited about the future. And he's, he said it again this season in a couple of sit-down interviews. He keeps reiterating the fact that he's excited about the future, and he knows what the future is, and he believes that the Thunder aren't going to be losing for very much longer. I agree with you. They're going to be a lottery team this year. The West is just too stacked. And Chet's not playing, and they don't have another star to go alongside with him. If I were to guess, my guess would be, you know, obviously showing the improvement this year. SGA is making that leap. 
Chet comes back next season. I, I think that they'll make some sort of push to get a guy to go along with them and, and try to start, you know, pushing in and maybe cashing in some of those those draft picks and things like that to to try to start winning. Yeah, I mean, ho- hopefully they do that because I feel like that's the only way. Because he's not going to be a star player, and it's kind. I look at SGA kind of similar how I looked at Devin Booker. Only the difference is like people aren't as hard on SGA putting on stats on a losing team as they were on Devin Booker. But it came a point in time where everybody's like, okay, well, Devin Booker, he signed a max contract. Everybody's hearing trade rumors and stuff like that. And they're like, okay, what's going to happen with Devin Booker? And then the Phoenix Suns actually said, okay, we're tired of going into the lottery. Let's go out and get Chris Paul. So hopefully that same you know, structure happens with SGA and Oklahoma City Thunder. Yeah, Who's no, I'm, I'm completely with you. And and I th- I would guess that's the plan. But, but you know, that's... Yeah. We'll, we'll see, obviously, with, you know, draft picks being a, a, a common theme nowadays. Everyone wants to kind of build for the future at the same time. But fortunately, um, the Thunder do have a, a, a player that they can build around. Actually, potentially two, depending on, you know, obviously the health of Chet. Um, but I do want to ask this question. Obviously, we're talking about SGA. Um, who's a better basketball player, SGA or John Morant? Ahmad, uh, <laughs> if, if, if you don't mind, I would like you to answer that question first, sure. obviously, because there may be some bias on the other side of this um, question. <laughs> um, but that's all right. No, I mean, I mean, it's, I it's been, no it's, been, it's been conversations going on with SGA and John Morant. Who would you rather have? But I know one thing's for certain the last time I saw SGA in a playoff situation, Chris Paul was the best player on that team. And John Morant has been doing it. Um, he's been a top MVP candidate, probably even the MVP candidate this year so far early on in the season as well. So I feel like until like we see SGA do it as a lead guy and take his team to the playoffs, I think you have to roll with John Morant over SGA. But they're they're talented. Like we had a we had a podcast days a while ago where we talked about Brandon Basically, where I was saying, like, you know, I think John Morant's the better player, but from a talent and skill stand, standpoint, like, SGA is, like, right up under him. So, Yeah, I, th- I think it's a discussion. And the fact that we can have this discussion because I think John Morant's an incredible player. I mean, that's exciting for, for OKC, the fact that it's a discussion now. And I think even two years ago, now, Shea had a short season because he got injured. You could argue that Shea was the better player two years ago. Last year hands down without a doubt John Morant was the better player. And and like you said, he's been the lead guy on a good playoff team uh and has proven it. So I think that you got to go with Jar right now because the sample size is bigger uh as the number one guy. But if SGA keeps doing what he's doing this season, I think that currently right now SGA is having a better season, but it's 13 games. So you can't, mm-hmm. you know, make any sort of big statements after 13 games as Jaws proven on a bigger sample size. But if SGA is still doing this halfway through the season, if he does this for a full season or even like 90% of what he's doing right now, I think it's a true discussion. I think that Jaws got a better team around him, obviously, right now with with Jaron Jackson Jr. and and all the guys that they have. And I think that's going to be when we'll really know is when, you know, Shea has more talent around him as the number one guy. But but the fact that it's a discussion is is big for OKC because Jaws an incredible player, top 10. Yeah, so let me ask this in reverse. If both of them were to switch teams, do you think we would see the same result from the Grizzlies the way we did uh, last season? I do, and, and that may sound like, you know, OKC media bias, but I, I really I really don't think it is because look at what the Grizzlies did last year without Jaw. Like, remember everybody was saying, like, are the Grizzlies better without Jaw? Which is ridiculous. They weren't better without Jaw, obviously. 
but uh, but I think it's a testament to the Grizzlies supporting cast. They got a lot of really good players around uh, Jaw, and I do think that <laughs> she, it, the Thunder are the youngest team, and they really don't have a number two guy right now. I mean, like Josh Giddy, there's a lot of potential there, and and a lot of these young guys, there's a lot of potential for sure. But for SGA, they're seven and seven right now, five hundred uh, when SGA plays, and he's the only guy. So I gotta feel like if you put him, you know, on a team like the Grizzlies, you know, I think that they're a top tier playoff team as well. The only thing I will, only pushback I will give for that is it feels like when we look at John Moran, we look at SGA. SGA is a guy I feel like he plays within the system, which is a great thing. But I feel like Ja kind of takes the roof off a team. Like he's a, a floor riser to say. Um, that's the only pushback I would have. And that's my biggest worry. When we see SGA be on a, a better basketball team, is he going to be able to just like, yo, give me the ball, everybody get out the way. I see that with Ja. I see more SGA being a guy that can do that, but more so a guy that's going to play within the system. Yeah, that's a solid point. Like, SGA, I'll say this about SGA, and I've noticed this from day one. He always makes the right play, it seems. Exactly, and, yeah. And it, it, and that's the team play. Like, you know, mm-hmm. he can take two guys to the hoop anytime he wants, but if he sees the open man, he's passing to the open man. He's going to make the right pass. He's going to make the right play. So, no, that's that's a valid point. Yeah, and also, too, I mean, I think um, it also depends on like what type of uh, playing style you want from a player. Right, like obviously here, I don't think there's a right or wrong answer, but just understand that both of their games, as even though they play similar positions, they're still unique in their own right. Both of you talked about the pace of SGA, but obviously when it comes to athleticism, job might have that, and obviously of course the team situations definitely matter. But um, I think it's an interesting conversation to have. I'll say this though, the SGA fan base is definitely um, alive and and well, and have been waiting to have this mm-hmm. conversation for a good. Little while now. I know it's been mentioned before, but there hasn't been many like like serious games like the one that we just saw recently. Not to say that SGA hasn't performed, but I think obviously the weight that Jai has had between um, performing well in the playoffs, at one point being considered you know top five, top ten player in the league, being in MVP conversations, all stars, and all that. Uh, but now I think the world is really really seeing um, what SGA really is like, even even in. Um, a smaller market like OKC. Um, but, but but let me ask you this as well. Do you think, you know, playing um, in smaller markets can sometimes um, dictate the views and opinions of fans in general? Oh, Obviously absolutely. specific to OKC? Oh, absolutely. I think so, for sure. I think that it's taken SGA being this good. I mean, he's, he's averaging 55, 40, and 92 right now. Like... <laughs> Uh, 32 points. I mean, like on those sort of percentages, but it's, and then he had this game winner, 42 points, but it's taken him being this good to finally get some national attention. So I I think that if he was in LA, even last year, the numbers he put up the year before he was in New York, if he was in Miami, Mm -hmm. absolutely. People would have already been talking about him. It wouldn't have, he's having to be like playing like a top five player in the league to finally get some attention. And I I do think that has to do with being in a small market. Now I will say this, once you get that ball rolling and once you get that attention and you get those eyes on, you know, he's been all over ESPN bleach report and all those things uh, this week, last week, because he's been so good and and slam. Uh, So once it happens, like we saw with Kevin Durant and we saw it with Russell Westbrook, I mean, yeah, it was OKC, but those guys, were superstars 
I mean, they were incredible. James Harden, Paul George when he was here, Chris Paul when he was here. So if you kind of break that wall, you, you can break the wall of being a small market too. It just it takes getting over the, the hump. And I think the SGA is finally doing that. He's got some national eyes. Do you think he can be a number one option on a championship caliber team? That's a great question because that's the exact question that that okay, Thunder fans and media yep. had the first couple of seasons. And everybody thought, ah, he could be the number two option on a championship team or he could be the one B option on a championship team. I think now if he keeps this up, he can be the number one option. You know, you got to put talent around him. You got to have a good mm-hmm. number two and a good number three. But I think if he keeps playing like he is right now, he's only 24 years old. He's still two years away from his prime, really. Um, if he keeps playing like this, I think that's the caliber of number one option on a championship team for sure. If you put the right team around him. I was going to say, it's, it's tough too to be like a number one option on a championship team. I know that question gets tossed around a lot, but realistically, there's probably only like eight players. Right. Like yeah. when you really, if, even if that, that probably should legitimately be considered as like, all right, they could, especially on a championship team. We're not even right. like, the Thunder yeah. at this point are probably just trying to make the playoffs. No shade or yeah. anything, but just, you know, oh, yeah, yeah. The, the roster. So um, obviously I think those questions for the most part when they're dealing with younger players are more so dealt like for the future. But realistically, there probably isn't even double digits when it comes to the amount of players that probably should be considered for the number one option on a legitimate championship team. Even if we're seeing or saying that, like, all right, he's a top guy. So realistically, who would his one B be? Like who would the second option be? It would have to be a player who obviously isn't at the same level as he is. And so um, right now it's tough to say, but I think eventually, depending on what the Thunder do, depending on what they, you know, do a draft picks and stuff like that. Um, I think that's, and that's my, and that was always my biggest issue with the SGA being OKC because at some point it's going to come to a hall where you either believe in them or you don't. And that's going to be, you got draft picks, either you're going to start moving those draft picks or trying to get another star player to play alongside him, or you're going to continue to tank and then you're going to eventually trade SGA. He's going to get tired of it. So this season is very important for SGA to show like, yo, I am that guy. I am that franchise caliber player. And then unfortunately, OKC is eventually going to have to like make some tough decisions, especially when Chet comes back and see how his development, because I know you talked about Chet coming back, Brandon, but I still think he's like two years away for being, like, really, really good. I don't think it's going to be a situation where he comes into the league and he's like Luca or he's like Zion, and he's like, okay, like, yo, he's right here. Like, he's now – he's averaging 20 points as a rookie. I don't see that for Chet Holmgren. Right. I think that the hope would be more like a rookie year Evan Mobley. Like, if, if they yeah. could somehow get, like, a like an Evan Mobley-type rookie year from Chet Holmgren, that'd be huge. I mean, that's, that's an impact player. Like you said, he's not going to be, like, a Zion or anything like that his first year. Like, that's, like, that's next level. Luca. Uh, but Evan Mobley, I think would be the target. And that's, that's a big help right off the bat. But if, you know, if they go out and get another guy, cause they'll have salary cap space. Cause that Kimball mm-hmm. Walker contract will come off the books, uh, and they'll have some space to go out and get somebody. Uh, I, I'm glad that you mentioned Devin Booker, uh, Ahmad, mm-hmm. because I think that's kind of like the perfect comparison. We're talking about like the number one on a championship caliber team. Like we saw, I don't know if you guys consider like the Suns a championship caliber team, but they've yeah, been, yeah. you know, number one seed and Booker has been that guy, but they got Chris Paul, they got DeAndre Ayton, they got Bridges, they got all these like mm-hmm. Cam Johnson, these, these great role players and, and Chris Paul, great number two. Like if you surround SGA with those kind of guys, like, like to me, like Booker is kind of the perfect comparison. Both of you look at like their, you know, 
early years, like not making the playoffs, but then putting yep. up big points and like the caliber of score and player that they are. I, I really like the Booker comparison. That's one I usually go to. Yeah. Uh, I have a, uh, one of the final questions I have for you, Brandon, before we let you go. Um, if Russell Westbrook and Kevin Durant both stayed on the Oklahoma City Thunder, how many championships would they have won? Uh, I, I really, okay. So let's go back to when Katie left that 2016 season. If you remember, the Thunder just traded for Victor Oladipo, and they had DeMontis Sabonis. But the big thing was Al Horford was he, – he confirmed that he was going to sign with OKC if KD stayed. So all of a sudden, your starting lineup looks like Russell Westbrook, Victor Oladipo, Kevin Durant, Al Horford, and Steven Adams with, with like Andre Robertson, uh, rookie Sabonis, uh, I think that they would have been championship favorites that next year. I mean, they really should have beat the Warriors that year. They were up 3-1, and they had a big lead in game six. I I think that they do win a couple championships if Katie stayed and Al Horford signed. Probably probably at least one. Hey, 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 hang on, hang on, hang on. At least one. I I would agree. At least one. I I need a number. I'll say two. I'll say two. two. Because they they still had a lot of youth. I mean – Russ and KD were in their primes. Look at Al Horford, even all these years later on the Celtics. He's mm-hmm. he's killing it. So he would have been huge on that team. Victor Oladipo that next year took that leap, some bonus, became an all-star. And if you if you really want to play fantasy world, the Thunder still could have made that trade for Paul George with Sabonis and Oladipo. And then you get Paul George on that team as well. If if you want to mm-hmm. get crazy, which which Thunder fans have kind of played that fantasy out. Yeah. I know I know Thea said this was the last question, but I have I have one more question I have to ask. Next season, Russell Westbrook's a free agent. Do you think it's a possibility that it can be a homecoming with Russell Westbrook, especially with him playing off the bench with the Los Angeles Lakers and having success at that role? Do you think it's possible that we may see Russell Westbrook return to OKC? Next I think it's year? a great I think it's a great question. It'd be hard because this is transitioning into SGA's team. And be, you know, Russell Westbrook is like the greatest OKC hero. Like Thunder fans yeah. will love him. Yeah. They're ready to build the statue outside the arena like day one. So it would be hard to be like Russ come back and all of a sudden he's off the bench and this is SGA's team. But then, you know, Russ has that alpha personality, which is great. But but the transition would be kind of weird. I think that the perfect scenario would be like when Russ is ready to retire, like one season farewell tour come back to okc coming off the bench sixth man i just don't know if that's next year's because i think he's got a few years left i think when and that should line up to when the thunder or you know a playoff team again and ready to contend again and it's absolutely sga's team uh i think that would kind of be the perfect scenario rest coming back for farewell tour then great question though yeah uh i i agree it's like if, if there wasn't such a obvious transition um that it would make sense but at the same time i don't want to see kind of rust in that light if you will it's like i I don't want them to half-ass it you know it's like clearly they were moving in a different direction with sga moving forward but at the same time it's like you want to give rust his flowers but it's kind of tough to 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 accomplish both things um i don't know man it's it to me i don't think it's that tough either because okc doesn't they don't have vets i mean sga learning from russell westbrook a guy that we just talked about, like, kind of operates in that team system for us, the offensive standpoint, who kind of needs a little bit of that alphaness to take his game to the next level, the ultimate level, to be 
consider like a guy that can possibly be a number one option on a championship caliber team. I don't, I don't know, man. It's it'll be interesting. Well, I also want to see Russell Westbrook win a championship. No well, shade. Well, he's he's not we're, probably we're winning one with the Lakers. So I mean, well, I, I never said he was. <laughs> like, I never said he was. <laughs> the winning, did, the, the, winning saying, the winning championships. Uh, like he's not winning one with the Lakers with Anthony Davis and LeBron. I, it's probably I, not going to happen. <laughs> unfortunately, I, I'm a Russell Westbrook is my favorite player other than Dwayne Wade of all time. So nice. it is what it is. <laughs> nice. You're you're unfortunately most likely <laughs> accurate correct. in that statement. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, no, uh, Thunder, fans, I, I, Thunder fans really want to see Russ win a championship, too. Like, by all means, like, yeah. they, they were – Thunder fans were excited about the idea of Russ hooking up with LeBron and Anthony Davis because they thought he might be able to win a championship. So, a lot of wow. OKC fans are bummed to see what's happened there and, and hoping he, he lands somewhere that can win him a title. I respect that loyalty because there's a lot of fan bases – hell, probably the same fan base that, you know, probably dislike certain players when they leave or just, like, want the worst <laughs> when – you know, I mean, hey, you dress up in the room, I'm not lying, but want the worst when a certain player leaves. And it's not, you know, just, okay, see, there's a bunch of teams out there. It's like, all right, you know, once you leave, you know, we don't really rock with you or look at you the same way. Um, but for them to, you know, actually root for us, um, even though he's not a part of the Thunder team, that's, you know, um, I think speaks volumes on his character as a, as a, as a whole. Um, but before we let you go, man, do you have any uh, final words for, for our No Pump Fakes audience? It could be a take. It could be a... You know, uh, watch more Thunder games. <laughs> it could be uh, whatever you like, man. Yeah, no, I'm glad. I'm glad you said that. Yeah, I would say watch more Thunder games. This is an exciting young team. Like this young core. Obviously, SGA we've talked a lot about, but Josh Giddy's a fun player. Lou Dort is a menace on defense. Uh, there's this rookie named Jalen Williams goes by Jada. The Thunder have two Jalen Williams rookies, but the one that goes by Jada, I think he's going to be a top ten rookie this year. He's got a lot of potential. Uh, Ushman Jang. There, there's just so many young players on this team. Poku, we haven't mentioned him at all. He he went from like everybody thought he was a terrible, awful player to like he's been pretty solid this year. Like he's shooting like 39% from three. He's like seventh in the league in block shots. Poku's had this total turnaround. So it's just a fun team. And I think like if you kind of buy in now here in a couple of years, you'll you'll see it pay off and, and you kind of get to grow with this team. Yeah, Trey Mann also. Yes. I'm glad you said Trey. I can't believe I forgot Trey. He's one of my favorite players. His yeah. his step back jumper is the smoothest in the league. Yeah. It's it's he's a smooth smooth player. Bright 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 uh bright future ahead for OKC. I'm I'm glad they're you know able to um, reach a rebuild. Anytime you lose, not one, not, not two, two. <laughs> <laughs> but three <laughs> superstars. My goodness, um, I'm 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 happy to see that um, they're heading down the right path. Um, teams very similar to like Cleveland as well. Anytime you lose um, Hall of Fame, first ballot Hall of Fame players, um, you know, it, it can be tough to adjust. But to see what they've done in such a short, I would say, give or take, short amount of time, um, definitely kudos to them. So, um, but yeah, y'all, you already know what it is. Another fire episode, no pump fakes. Just like that, we gone. Peace. <laughs>